We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we have Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. Really, really, really excited about this week's product feature. Um, Everyone is aware of our amazing VIP coaching membership where you get unlimited one-on-one virtual interviews, unlimited written questions, wardrobe reviews, paperwork reviews, runs the gamut truly, but now we are changing the game. Okay, and how is the game being quote changed? Is this because of the website and all the new functionality that we have on there? It's definitely a part of it. Like our mission is connecting and expanding the pageant industry. So in addition to our coaching, many, many of our listeners are also box subscribers. So what the box is, just for those that are not aware, it's a monthly subscription box that arrives at your door with tons of pageant-related goodies, everything from pageant earrings to like adorable little pageant swag. And that is a monthly option. So what we are doing now with VIP is with every VIP membership, comes the pageant box, which is pretty darn cool. That's cool. So like with um, with unlimited questions, all that still applies. Like can they still take unlimited mock interviews, get unlimited or get like weekly one-on-one coaching with you? Are all those options still available? All of those options are still available depending upon what level you sign up for. So of course we have our standard VIP. And like I said, to your point, unlimited mock interviews and those are virtual mock interviews, correspondence, et cetera. So all of that good stuff. And then with the platinum, you do get a one-on-one weekly coaching sessions as well. Got it. So um, the box feature, um, so they get the coaching, they get to select um, whether they want the, just to ask uh, questions via email or like actually Mm -hmm. through our portal, through our portal. Yep, exactly. Um, And then they want, uh, if they can also have the option to ask unlimited questions and receive unlimited mock interviews, uh, and then they also have the option of ask unlimited questions, take unlimited mock interviews, and then have a one-on-one coaching session with you um, every week. And all of those different options now comes with a box. So like they get a physical box that's shipped out on the 15th of every month. Is that correct? That's exactly right. Now, the box, I know that you can basically with one click, you can buy the box from the website how do they find the other option, the other coaching options? Because that's a little bit hidden, right? It is hidden. So it's kind of like a treasure hunt. So once you've created your contestant profile on pageantplanet.com, you will be able to unlock these coaching options. So on the left side of your portal, your contestant portal, you have the ability to see your membership options. And within that, you're able to add those add-ons. Right. So when they, when they log onto the site the first time that creates their username and password, but then the site doesn't know if you're a retailer, a pageant director, or a contestant. So on your dashboard, you need to create like, Hey, I'm a contestant. And then when you do that, it opens up the membership options, right? Yes. And the easiest way to get started with all of this is pageantplanet.com backslash box. And then the add-on for the coaching comes very simply. Okay, perfect. Um, what's the what's the cost range of like the, the box and then the VIP platinum? Yep. So there's three different levels. You have your standard box. And with that, you get unlimited written correspondence only. So you don't get the virtual mock interviews or anything like that. But you do still get great correspondence. That's $29 a month. And then the VIP coaching, which is the mock interviews and all the good stuff, is 76 And platinum are like white glove service. That includes those weekly mock interviews and then everything else beyond that, or the weekly coaching sessions, is 166 Awesome. Okay. And you can get it at pageantplanet.com. Cool. Thanks, Jesse. 
Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we're going to discuss how to find not a dress, but how to find the dress. Jesse, set the stage for us. So the dress, so, so important. But what's even more important than finding the dress is having a plan when you go evening gown shopping or formal wear shopping, depending upon what your pageant calls it. It's like, it can be really fun, but without a clear head and a clear mindset, it's very overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. So what what are some of your tips? And like, I mean, do you have a lot of tips? Is there a strategy behind this or is it just like just a shot in the dark? So I have eight key tips that we're going to talk through today. And I want to reinforce that for many pageants, evening gown can be up to a third of your score. So this is a big deal. Did I mention that this is a big deal? Huge. To get the right dress? Huge, mega deal. So I have some shopping tips that I want to walk through. Like I said, I have a little list of eight um, that I think will make your experience more positive and your outcome even better. Well, so I actually want to take a moment and do a side tangent about the Miss America Mm. competition, right? Because so they, they made all these changes and they said, okay, basically no longer kind of doing away with evening gown. Well, that's a bit of a misnomer, actually, because that is, yes. that rule was stated in Miss America, I think, like 10 or 15 years ago. But with the changing of the guard and all that, they, they brought it back to life. And the reason why Miss America originally put that um, rule in place, if you will, is because they were getting a lot of pushback from the public saying girls are spending more money on evening gowns and actually competing than they are winning in scholarship money. And so Miss America kind of went back to the drawing boards and said, okay, what do girls necessarily need to wear in this phase of competition? So they loosened it and said it could be an evening gown. It could be like a a cute little black dress, um, jumpsuit, whatever, right? Um, The girls, obviously, they were like, yeah, I'm not going out in a little black dress. I'm going out in an all-out evening gown. But um, so for those of you that might be competing in the Miss America system, all that, I mean, I've got it straight from the source with Miss America. So it, I don't see much of that changing anyways, because the, that rule has been in place for so long. Um, so if that is a concern of yours, if you're just starting to compete in Miss America and you are listening, don't worry about it. Oh, totally. I think what they're calling it, Stephen, correct me if I'm wrong, is outfit of confidence. Is that what like the official new name is? I am. I'm going to I'm going to lean on you on that one. I, I don't remember specifically. I Can I provide two cents of thoughts yeah. here as well? My first thought is, well, I guess my positive and my negative, right? It was The positive is like you can really rock something really unique. So for Miss America, let's say there is no fun fashion. There is no runway. So you really have the ability to show off your personality. Remember when Miss Pennsylvania wore that white jumpsuit last year at Miss America yeah. and like totally like blew everyone's minds. It was so unique, so different, definitely polarizing, but I love that she showed that like power piece of her personality. So that's the positive as it does give you the opportunity to really like flex your muscles fashion wise. The, the negative is way back when, when I was competing, um, there used to be a phase in this America called casual wear and it wasn't casual wear at all. It was totally costumized. And I just hope that this change allows it to be more accessible to the general public and doesn't alienate Miss America from the general public because I do think it 
Like if it crosses that bridge to being so over the top fun fashiony, I'm afraid that's going to happen. But I'm excited to see what it holds. Well, reserve judgment. Well, September is going to be really exciting times um, <laughs> in in the pageant world for sure. So, yeah. okay, okay. Now back to your tips. You got eight of them on how to find not a dress. How to find the, all caps, the dress. All right, give us your first strategy. Okay, this in my opinion is the most important part of the whole strategy, and that's identifying your brand. If like, if you listeners had a dollar for every time we talked about identifying your brand, you could buy Pageant Planet pretty much, right? Yeah. Um, But it's like the most important part, like I said. So too many contestants, they get talked into looks that make them waver in their direction, or they end up with like a totally disconnected dress than who they actually are because you're trying on so many and there's so many opinions and like you may go in there and say, I, I don't know what I want. I'll take anything. It's just can be really, really dangerous to your overall impression. You have probably, a, well, depending on how long your interview is on stage, you're probably with the judges one-on-one for less than a minute overall. And that's not a lot of time to make your mark. So the brand is essential. Yeah. So how can they do this? How can they identify their brand? Yeah. So I go, um, when I do defining brand for anyone, it's based on five words and separated into two sections. So the first is three words that describe your personality. And this is one of the first things I do with every single client. We identify who are they. Um, so I'll use mine, for example, spirit, authenticity, celebration. Those are my brand words, and my personality. So everything I wear when I, when it comes to pageant time must fit into those. So with that, I wouldn't wear like this really dramatic, um, gown, like ball gown, like that just wouldn't be like dark color ball gown. It just wouldn't be me. So spirit, authenticity and celebration. So that's my, that's your personality. And then the two words that describe your personal style, um, is the next piece. So is it, um, edgy and bold or is it girly and, um, girly and fresh. So like you see how those two words come together to identify like, okay, if I'm looking at what she's wearing, if I pick two words to describe it, these are the two words. So when you're shopping, think about your version of those five words and make sure that it all comes together. Yeah. The only difference between a swamp and a river is that a river has boundaries and a swamp Mm -hmm. doesn't. Nothing lives in a swamp really except bacteria, but river is like fresh. You can drink out of it. Most parts of the world. Um, (laughs) but when you identify your brand, it creates boundaries. So when you're going into a particular shop or you're surrounded by tons of beautiful dresses, it allows you to somewhat zero in on this is the kind of dress that I'm looking for. So basically, boundaries give you power. I mean, if you ever yeah. look at the swamp, you're not thinking powerful. But if you look at a rushing river, it, it does have power. And that's because it has boundaries. So um, yeah. taking that time to identify your brand certainly is time well spent. Okay. So agree. Totally agree, Stephen. And like one of those other pieces of that is if you walk into a dress store that has a thousand dresses and you haven't done the work to whittle this down, it will, it will be draining for you. And like, if you walk in with a clear head, say, okay, these are the types of colors I want. And it narrows it down. It just makes the whole day more positive. Yep. Love that. All right. So shopping tip number one, identifying your brand. What is shopping tip number two? So shopping tip number two is exploring online and doing your research. So like, don't just go to the closest shop and limit yourself to what you're seeing there. Sure, that's easy and it's convenient, but you'll want to check out different designers and then start favoriting gowns. So like, I like doing this on Pinterest. I like doing this on Pageant Planet. And then like, once I see, okay, I 
I've noticed that I've like five of this designer's designs, but I see that my local shop doesn't carry them. So I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily compromise right off the bat. I'd like to see if I could maybe try those on. So if you say you like Sherry Hill gowns and your local place doesn't have Sherry Hill, which I'd be shocked at, but still it happens. Go to Sherry Hill's website or go to any designer's website and see if you can find out where the closest retailer to you is that carries that design designer. And then maybe it's a road trip. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the the pageant gown, or I'm sorry, pageant planet's gown gallery is a good way to do that. You can sort mm-hmm. dresses by silhouette, by fabric, by color, by cut, and then you can click it and find out what retailer is near those dresses that actually carry that brand. So it, it's a yes. way for you to kind of just reduce the amount of time that you're spending driving from store to store. Um, and even if you don't necessarily end up buying that certain dress, it, again, it helps to create that different, that other layer of, of a boundary where it's like, Hey, I'm looking for this kind of red dress or this particular cut. And here's what I like about this dress. Here's what I like about that one. Just screenshot mm-hmm. the images and, and print them off and bring them into a store because yeah. chances are they might not necessarily have that exact dress, but maybe they have something that's like extremely similar. For sure. And I, everyone has their own unique shopping process, but research is important for anyone shopping process. Like Steven, when you're shopping for something, do you research online before purchasing or how do you go about that? Kind of depends on the item really. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I will admit, um, I don't really buy anything from myself or the house <laughs> or like, <laughs> I, I mean, Renata does enough shopping for me and her combined. Um, it's just something she loves to do. I do when I'm buying things for the company, I certainly research based on reviews. Um, I see what other companies are using. So how that would translate in pageantry is I look at, um, what other girls would be wearing in that particular system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would see like what the top five was wearing. Cause basically top five, um, and definitely like, you know, winner, first runner up, different judges, different day, any of those top five girls blanket statement could win that pageant. Um, so by looking at the top five, is there a certain trend I've seen over the last two or three Mm -hmm. years of dresses that do well in that particular system? Now that's not your end all be all because you can blaze your own trail for sure, but it just adds another layer of that research. Completely agree with everything you just said. And like, so just to go backwards, like for one second, we mentioned twice that gown gallery on pageant planet. If you need to take a look and start your start your inspiration somewhere, that direct link to make it easy on you is pageantplanet.com backslash dresses. Very simple. Yep. And we no longer have the anymore. It's just pageant planet. That's so cool. Pageant. Hashtag drop the the. <laughs> drop the the. Okay, good. All right. So uh, shopping tips. Number one, identify your brand. Number two, explore online. What's number three? So this is like an unwritten rule, but it's do your hair and makeup when you shop. And I think this is really important. I think all of these are important, but like this specifically, like I'm not saying you have to go full out like stage hair and makeup, but like tease your roots a little bit or do a little curl in your hair or bend, throw some mascara on some lipstick and go shopping. And the reason for this is like, I know what it's like when I'm trying on outfits before my hair and makeup, so I'm like, wow, this looks horrible. I hate it. And then my hair and makeup, so I'm like, wow, this actually is way better than I expected. So it just makes it easier to picture yourself in the dress. And like, 
it's just when my confidence is like roaring from the neck up, it changes everything. So I will say like some gown owners will make you wear a face shield as you're trying dresses on and off because they obviously don't want makeup getting on their product, which of course, like adhere to their rules, their guidelines and be sensitive to that because you don't, you wouldn't want to have a, buy a brand new gown with makeup on the inside. So be cognizant of that, but a little like judging goes a long way. Yeah. And so, um, with that, are you just saying primarily lips, lipstick, lip liner, or like lip gloss? Or are you talking, I mean, you're not saying full face, but should they stay away from blush? No. I, so for me, like last time I went shopping, I did like a very simple base. So I didn't do like my full coverage foundation or anything. I did like a tinted moisturizer. I did do some contouring and some highlighting and pop my, my pop my features, mascara and lipstick. And then I did bend my hair like with the curling iron for a few minutes. So it wasn't full out pageant look, but it, I still looked alive because I mean, for me, <laughs> I man, still look alive. I look like a zombie some days, <laughs> but just, yeah, a little bit of something. Okay. Now uh, regarding this face shield, is that something that girls should, um, like, are they disposable things that the retailer gives or like, should a girl yeah, bring that with them? Honestly, it's like a glorified spray tan. Um, what is it called? Hairnet. So it's like, it's breathable. It's like a cotton material. So really you just like put it over your face while you're taking dresses on and off. Okay. And the retailer would have those for you there. Okay. But again, just be really careful. Like don't be taking dresses on and off so fast that you're just like haphazardly leaving, leaving yourself behind. Um, so just be, just be thoughtful when you're shopping. Yeah. These are high price items most of the time. So just be sensitive. Yeah. And I do, I really do like uh, what you said about putting the hair and makeup on when you shop, because again, it puts you in that mode. It gives you a better um, image of what you're going to feel like and look like in that dress. Um, yeah. So, okay. That's great. All right. So we've got identify your brand, explore online, do your hair and makeup. What's number four? Okay. This is, this is a biggie, Steven. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's stay within your budget. And like when you're shopping on a designer's website, 99% of the time, they will not be showing you prices because their retailers have the ability to kind of like ebb and flow based on where they are or demand, et cetera. So like, like you have to be creative. And a lot of times there are online retailers that are carrying these brand design dress or like if you find them on like resell that you can find out how much certain gowns cost. So you could fall in love with this gown and lo and behold, it costs $10,000. Like my budget is like 400. It's just clearly you're way too far apart. It's just not going to work. So you have to like share that budget when you're shopping with the associate right away or when you're looking online. Um, again, you can have those like higher price reaching inspiration photos, but really try to keep yourself being realistic because there's nothing worse than overarching your budget or falling in love with something above your budget and knowing you can't have it. Yeah. And there's something about going over budget that for me, I don't ever remember a time where I went over my budget and I was like, yes, like so worth it. Right? Yes. So worth it. Um, like if I can afford it and I do it, then I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so worth it. Mm-hmm. More often than not, like when I buy something, it's not as important um, for me to have as if I didn't. So like in the case of, well, I, in the case of us getting married, like Renata and I, it was really important to me that we didn't do wedding debt or anything like that. And I paid for it out of pocket. And so she basically wanted these particular flowers. And I was like, 
no. <laughs> she's like, it's so important. I'm like, we have an ocean behind it. So we got married in Mexico, um, as you know, but the other listeners might not. And I was just like, no, I, no, it's not. It's not in the budget. The goal, right, is this. But the flowers are really important in the photos that like the the woman was presenting to us there in Mexico is like, but it's only, and I think it was like $500 more or something. Um, but it wasn't in the budget. And then after the wedding and in this one, I'm kind of coming out like the hero or whatever, but, um, it's not always like that, <laughs> but in this particular situation, she said, Oh, I'm, I'm really great, grateful. We didn't do the flowers. Um, you know, so it, the thing is even in something like, a wedding where you just, it's basically your emotions are running high. And of course, like me as her future husband, I wanted to give her what she wanted. And at the same time, we had to stay on on budget. So um, when all else fails, just say no to that dress because you open up the space to find another dress that's equally or potentially even better within your budget, regardless of what the salesperson says or your director, your coach or whatever, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be you and your checkbook. (laughs) No, those people will not be around when you're balancing your checkbook at the end of the day. So yeah, do what you can to protect your mental sanity because if you every time you put on the dress, you feel that buyer's remorse or you feel stressed because the amount of money you spent, you're not going to feel good about the dress when you're wearing it on stage. That's true. And the other thing to think about is some pageant contestants feel great about wearing a gown to death, like truly wearing it like five, six times, which is amazing. Like that is great return on your investment. So be considering that when you are shopping, because if you are a Miss America contestant and you could potentially be competing in several locals in a year, or you know that you are at the bottom of the age division and you could use the same gown for several seasons, consider that. Like that is worth amping up your budget a little bit if you know you will not need to be reinvesting every year. I'm not that person. I have total clothing attention deficit where like I get sick of something after like two photos are taken of me in it. But that's me. So I know that when I'm going in, I need to be more price conscious because I'm going to be reinvesting. What is that? CAD for short? C-A-D-D? Clothing attention deficit? <laughs> Probably. It's a serious problem. It's, it's, it's a real thing. It's a real it, thing. It's not. Like, I just invented it. But I know that there are people listening out there that are just like me in the sense that, like, I will do thrift shopping and get 25 things instead of going to the mall and getting five because I know that I will be sick of those 25 things and need to be shopping again very soon. Why is it me. Yeah. Why is it that every time I hear a thrift store shopping or whatever, I just want to start saying, what, what? What, what, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> popping some tags. Yeah. Popping some tags like a bad connotation. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was like shoplifting. That I am not sure. Anyway, I, if you're listening and you have an opinion on that, please let us know. Yeah, please let us know if popping tags is a bad thing. Why would you be shoplifting in a thrift store? That you're very desperate times. I've, I've thought about this in detail, this song. So I, Okay. All right. We've opened a can that I just don't know if we're ready for. But anyway. All right. Let's move on to point number five then for shopping tips. What do you got? Okay. So um, moving on from CAD. So I apologize for this one, Stephen, but we're going to talk about bringing proper undergarments and accessories. Love that. All right. What are some of the proper (laughs) undergarments and accessories? Okay. So I usually bring like a tote bag that includes like all of the necessities, which would include for me like a sticky bra a strapless bra, 
pasties, spanks, and nude seamless undies. Like all of those go shopping with me when I'm shopping for a gown or something important. Um, like literally all of it. It just comes with me. I keep it in my car if it's shopping season and then I just like bring it in. So like, but remember it has to be nude. So like no hot pink strapless bra, no like dark colored undies. Like you have to work with me here because like if you put on a gown and you see the top pink undie lines, you're totally distracted and you're not getting the full image. I'm just saying. No, it, it makes sense. There's so much stuff that goes into being a woman. I mean, like, guys, we just have to bring ourselves, right, and make sure that we're somewhat mm-hmm. clean. Um, okay, <laughs> also in this cat, is it shoes too? Should girls bring their own shoes? And should the yeah, shoes be sure. new? Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. And, like, you don't have to have the perfect shoes, like the exact shoes you plan to wear with evening gown because that could change based on the style. If you have a slit, if you don't have a slit, et cetera, but you will want to bring shoes and the store probably would have them. It just like makes the whole experience go quicker, be more efficient. Got it. And the, and the overall strategy behind this is because you want to see the glass, like from the makeup and the, the uh, different items that you said to bring, you want to see that gown as close as possible to how it could look on stage, right? Yes. And like, you don't, like for a women's gown, like if you are not filling out a dress the way you know you could with certain like maneuvering, like have the maneuvering stuff with you so you know that it will work. Because if you buy a gown, like, well, I have to do 45 things to, to make it work and I don't even know if it's even possible, that could weigh on you until the gown comes in. You don't want to stress about anything that unnecessary before your pageant. It's great. Okay, what's point number six? Point number six, having the right entourage. Like, for your tribe, you need to have a debrief. And like those, like, let's go back to number one, those brand words, what we talked about, like they need to buy into this. Like they need to be champions of your brand and not champions of their opinions. Yeah. And for me, like it's this part of knowing yourself too, with the entourage that you select, Mm -hmm. I do not do well with people that are highly critical. Now, people that are really celebratory of me, et cetera, that gives me the space to be critical and like kind of tap into like what I like. But people mm-hmm. that have strong personalities or highly opinionated, it makes me second guess the things that I want because I'm like, oh, mm. I just I don't want to have to deal with <laughs> them not agreeing. Right. Sure. So but that's part of just knowing yourself. You might be totally fine with somebody that's like high intense, like friction, whatever. Um, but as part of knowing yourself. So what, how do you suggest that they find their quote, right entourage? Yeah. So, um, you have to have at least one person that, you know, will go to bat for you and you have to like share with them your tells. You have to have a code word. If you are absolutely in love with something and you walk out and even that person is not fully on board, but you are obsessed and it still fits in your brand and it still like fits in your non-negotiables it's their job to step up and be like, you know what? I think this actually, like now that I'm looking at it, I think it's the right fit. So you have to have at least one person that's going to be the loudest voice for your behalf. And you have to like have them like maybe agree in blood sometimes that even if they are not 100% sold, they can tell you that there are things they don't like about it. But again, if it fits the non-negotiable, like the brand that you're looking for, they got to be your person. Awesome. Okay. So um, what's point number seven? Trusting your vibes. So if it ain't right, it just ain't right. So if you started shopping with a specific look in mind, but like you've completely veered off course, it is okay. And again, I'll say it like as long as it fits that brand. So if you walk in knowing you want bright yellow with hot pink beads and you're in the teen division and then you've gone to Navy with a plunging neckline, that is totally a different person, right? 
Mm -hmm. Like that, that same person would not be wearing those two dresses for the same pageant if they thought they were wearing yellow with color blocking stones. Just doesn't make sense. So as long as you're not veering like totally off course, if you feel like it's the one, like be prepared to be flexible. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like dating, right? A lot of times you, you find a guy that you're dating and you're like, oh my gosh, I never thought I would be dating him or wasn't looking for anyone at that particular time. And then boom. And the same way it can happen with the dress. Absolutely. I mean, you just have to end life. It's just one of those things. Be ready to cut on a dime if you have to. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall be flexed. Yes. Okay, so we have recap, and then we're going to go into number eight. But okay. shopping tips. First, you want to identify your brand. Second, you're going to do some research online. Third, do your hair and makeup when you shop. Fourth, stay in budget. Five, uh, bring proper undergarments slash accessories. Six, have the right entourage. Posse, what's up? Seven, trust your vibes. And eight, what's the last shopping tip? So the last one, you've done all your shopping and you're like, okay, I don't know if this is the one or not. You're wavering. Maybe you're indecisive. Maybe you have CAD. What the remedy for this is, is to practice the crowning test. So like for, I'm a pageant girl, like through and through for life. I rarely meet a gown I don't like. Like I would love to have a home full of gowns that I could wear all the time. And we love being dressed up and we display confidence. So it's it can be difficult to really narrow down to the one. So I have two tiebreaker activities that I suggest. Okay, bring them. Okay, this is really important. And I use this for restaurants a lot when I'm deciding between two dishes. So you know this works. <laughs> so have someone else decide for you. So I'll ask, for instance, the waiter, like, should I have the chicken or the fish? And then they give me their opinion. And if I'm happy with that decision and have no qualms, that is the one. I'm like, okay, let's do the fish. But if he said it and I don't feel right, I'm like, oh, I'm, not, I'm still not sold. Like, there's still something holding me back. I go with the opposite. Like, it's out of the run. The other one is out of the running. If I ha still have a reservation, it's gone. So, like, think about that with your dresses. So, if you ask your director, hey, which of these do you like? And they say, I like the blue one. And you like the black ones, and you're like, so I, I don't, I don't know if I'm 100 sold on the blue one. Then you know it's not the blue one. So that's mm. the first one. Okay, that's that's good strategy. I'm going to use that next time at the restaurant. All I right. would also, I would, I also premised with that waiter that like, like that that's going to happen. Like, don't take it offensive. Don't take offense if I don't use your opinion. It's not your explanation at all. It's like, so tell that person that, like, what's your opinion? And I'm saying this is not resulting of your opinion. This is what just gave me clarity. That's so. great. Love that. Okay. All right. Point number this or, is like, yeah, tiebreaker number two. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, this is so special to me. So when you're deciding between gowns, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to imagine holding hands with another contestant and they're about to call the winner and they say your name and the crown is placed on your head and you're doing your first walk and you've imagined all of that. Now look down, what dress are you wearing? And that is like the ultimate test for me. Mm, so great. Well, and yeah, because if you cannot visualize yourself winning in that gown why are you buying it right exactly. simple solution yep. awesome jesse really great call thank you so much for pulling all that stuff together for us and for all of our viewers or viewers listeners we'll talk to you next week same time same spot